today, if you'd like to open your Bibles. Um, so 2 Corinthians chapter 4, starting at verse 16 to chapter 5, uh, verse 10. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Now we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling, because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we are in his, this tent, we groan and are burdened, because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now it is God who has made us for this very purpose, and has given us the Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are home in the body, we are away from the Lord. We live by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due to him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Thank you, Janine. Well, good morning. It's uh, good to be with you this morning. And um, for those who don't know me, my name's Jono, uh, and uh, I lead the ministry here at Grace Anglican Church, Harrington Park. And uh, it's my pleasure to, uh, to open this next uh, section of the book of 2 Corinthians as we continue our series through this wonderful letter from Paul to the church at Corinth. Uh, as we come to reflect on this, will you join me in prayer? Let's, let's pray. Our Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for this time to pause now and to reflect upon it, to learn from it. Father, we ask that you'd work in our hearts by your spirit. Please renew us and grow us and shape us into the people that you call us to be. And we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, uh, I wonder, as we, um, as we start this morning, I want to ask you a question, and that is, what are you looking forward to? What are you looking forward to? What's something, what's perhaps some things that you're looking forward to? Just take a, take a minute, talk to the person next to you. What are you looking forward to? Right, that's probably long enough, um, although maybe some of you are still talking, you've got lots that you're looking forward to. Um, shout it out if you feel, free, if you feel comfortable doing it. What, what are you looking forward to? A new body. A new body, that's an idea, yes. <laughs> Sorry? Looking forward to no stress, okay. Retirement, yeah. Morning tea, anyone? Uh, <laughs> lunch, the weekend, next weekend? Sleep, school holidays, how many weeks is it, Julie? Is it? 
Six weeks? <laughs> Sorry, we were talking about this at Growth Script the other night. Looking forward to my sermon. Oh. I'm just glad you didn't add being over or something. <laughs> to the end of that. That's... Lots, lots of things we're looking forward to. Maybe, I mean, a wedding. Some people might be looking forward to that. Um, maybe it's something to do with our kids, something to do with grandchildren perhaps. Um, someone said retirement, rest, sleep. Lots of things that we might be looking forward to. Are you looking forward to heaven? Lots of people saying yes. That was a rhetorical question, but that's good. Um, it's kind of expected, isn't it? The correct answer is yes, yes, I'm looking forward to heaven. And it may be a real answer. Um, but yeah, it, it, is it the kind of expected answer? Oh yeah, of course, we're looking forward to heaven, you know, assuming that we know that we're going there because we trust in Jesus. But I wonder if in the details and the pressures and the, the priorities of daily life, thoughts of heaven, eternity, often just don't make it into our thinking. Now, I'm not saying this to kind of load guilt upon you and send you away with homework to go and, you know, think about heaven more. Um, I think one of the reasons it's hard for us to think much of, of heaven is that there's so much about it that is unknown. What is it going to be like? How old are we going to be? What are we going to do? Now, the Bible doesn't answer all of our questions about what heaven will be like. And I think perhaps because of that, people can sometimes make things up to sort of fill in the gaps, and so we, things can often, some of those things that people make up to fill in the gaps can actually be fairly unappealing, like being dressed in white and floating on clouds and playing harps. I, I reckon this kind, of, um, this kind of captures it. Wish I'd brought a magazine. It, it kind of sounds boring. And compare that to you know, some of the things that we're looking forward to in this life, to be honest, that sort of picture of heaven doesn't really rate. So how should we think of heaven? And how should that feature in our lives now? How should it shape our lives now? I want to explore this as, uh, as we look at this next section of Paul's letter to the Corinthians, where Paul gives them and gives us really a window into his mindset, a window into his view of life. And he teaches, he, he, models, he models what it is to live with an eternal perspective. And actually, far from being something that's just uh, kind of boring and theoretical, that makes a huge and practical difference to his life and to ours as we follow what he says. So look with me. What does, he, what does it mean to live with an eternal perspective? Uh, firstly, it, it means that we see this life as a tent, not a house. Uh, more specifically, we see ourself, our, our body, as a tent. So in 5 verse 1, he says, For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Now, I like tents. Uh, truth be told, um, me and tents is probably a bit like Ben and guitars. Um, I have six of them at last count. Um, I particularly like hiking tents. I have four of those, and if you want, come and talk to me about my latest Lanshan Pro 2 and it's all the amazing things about it. Um, I like tents. Tents are good. Tents can keep you dry. They can protect you from the elements, from rain and wind and mosquitoes. And if you're out in the middle of the wilderness, a tent is be definitely better than no tent. Tents are good. But the thing about a tent is that it's... 
It's a temporary shelter. It's not designed to be permanent. It's flimsy. It doesn't last. If you use it long enough, even if it's good quality, it will wear out. It will be destroyed. A tent is a temporary structure. And Paul says our bodies are like that. Some of you, who perhaps those who are younger than me, may not think of your bodies as, uh, as tents. Maybe you think of your body more as a, as a magnificent temple or a glorious mansion. That will change as you get older. <laughs> as you slowly begin to bag and sag and fall apart. Uh, sorry to break it to you, but your bodies, all of us, we live, we live in bodies that are like flimsy tents. But you know, that's okay. That's actually okay. Because we have an eternal perspective. And if we have that eternal perspective, that, that helps us to see that and to accept that fact, to, to make peace with that fact, as we slow down, as we get tighter, as we, dare I say, pass our prime in terms of this life, we have something far better, far better coming. We have a, a far better shelter coming, if you like. It's not a flimsy, temporary, half-worn-out tent. Verse 1 says it's an, a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. See, one day we'll be, we'll be done with this tent and we will be given an eternal permanent house in heaven. Something, as it says, not built by human hands. I think the sense of that is that it's, it's, it's better than anything that we can imagine, that we could build. It's, it, it has a heavenly origin. That's our future for all who are in Christ. Uh, elsewhere, Paul says along these lines in, in Philippians 3 verse 20, he says, but our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a saviour from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, notice, will transform our lowly bodies so that they'll be like his glorious body. These lowly tent-like bodies will be transformed to be like his glorious eternal house-like body. Similarly, in 1 Corinthians 15, it speaks of us being clothed with an immortal, imperishable, glorious spiritual body. That's our future if we're in Christ. And even though we don't know all the details of that, we can look forward to that. See, we might kind of live our lives tentatively mapping out the future of you know, what our, our lives may look like. Perhaps the standard map is something like you, you finish school and uni and you get a job and maybe you get married, maybe you have kids, maybe you buy a house and maybe you see the kids grow and move out and maybe you travel, maybe you retire and maybe there'll be grandkids along the way somewhere and, and then you grow old and then you die, full stop. No, not full stop. Because after my very flimsy, worn-out, tent-like body is thoroughly trashed, I'll be given a gloriously transformed, eternal, house-like body. That's my future. That's your future if your trust is in Christ. So friends, grab hold of that truth. Look forward to that. Because that, that is actually the most certain thing of all those things in that tentative map that we may have for our life, for our future. An eternal perspective 
changes how we see our lives, how we see our bodies. That they're a temporary tent that's awaiting a significant upgrade. No better than that, a complete overhaul and permanent replacement. That's our future. But we're not there yet. And so we groan. And this is point two, if you're following along on the outline, we groan. Living with an eternal perspective means we groan. Uh, maybe like an exasperated child in, in, on a long car trip who groans, are we there yet? They're burdened by their present suffering, if you can call being in a comfortable air-conditioned car, probably with digital entertainment on hand, if you can call that suffering. <laughs> they're burdened by their present suffering and they're longing for the transformation that will come with the arrival at their destination. It's a bit of a stretch. Maybe a better analogy is, uh, than the impatient child is, is a woman in labour who groans, burdened with, by her present suffering, who groans, longing for the glorious transformation that's coming when the labour is over and the child has arrived. Paul says, verse 2, Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. Because when we're clothed, we'll not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. So that what, uh, so that what it was mortal may be swallowed up by life. Notice that the groaning is about the burden of the present. But more than that, it's about the longing for the future. That, that longing that comes from an eternal perspective. Uh, Paul speaks of, of similar groaning in uh, Romans 8. He says, Romans 8.22, we know that the, the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. So we're groaning along with the whole of creation while we wait for the, the redemption of of our bodies, the, the, the transformation, the, the, the change from tent to building. Or as Paul shifts the metaphor back in our 2 Corinthians, from being naked to being clothed with our heavenly dwelling, like, like putting on a coat. Or another image at the end of verse 4 there, of uh, uh, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Beautiful image, isn't it? What is our mortality is, is swallowed up by eternal life. So groaning makes sense. Without wanting to endorse the bad behaviour of an impatient child on a long car trip, groaning makes sense. Not just as we're, we're burdened by the, the undoing of life in this world, but as we long for the glorious transformation that the future will bring. Living with an eternal perspective means we groan. Thirdly, it also means, means we rest secure. We're, we're anchored. We're at peace. We're assured of the future. Why are we assured? Well, it's because it doesn't depend on us. It doesn't depend on our efforts, our success, but depends on God. Look there at verse 5. It says, now, now the one who has fashioned us for this purpose, who, who's prepared us for eternal life, the one who has done that is God. 
who has given us the Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. If our trust is in Christ, we have the Spirit of God, given to us as a down payment, guaranteeing what will come later. The Spirit, what does it do? It works in our hearts, it works in our lives, enables us to acknowledge Jesus as Lord and Saviour. He works in us to transform us bit by bit into the likeness of Jesus. The Spirit produces in us the, the fruit of the Spirit. The Spirit of God at work in us is, is astounding. It's an amazing thing and it guarantees that God is the one who is doing this work. And so we can rest secure in Him. Now that may seem, that may seem, seem obvious, but it's no less profound. God is at work doing this, bringing this about. We live in a world that is, is so uncertain I mean, I think the last couple of years have really brought that home to us and uncertainty just seems to, to grow year by year. Uh, we may, at the best of times, feel like we have kind of some degree of control over our lives. But really, so much is uncertain. We don't know if the, uh, you know, the, the, the tent's roof is going to start leaking or if that guy rope is gonna, about to break. But we do know that God is at work by his spirit and has guaranteed the transformation that's to come. That is certain. That brings us security. It brings us rest. It brings us certainty and peace. Even as we groan in the, the flapping, leaking, slowly deteriorating tent of our life, living with an eternal perspective means resting secure. And fourthly, it means looking forward to our home, to our true home. Verse 8 says there, We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. Now, our home is, in an ideal world, is a, is a place that you just love to be. It's a place of joy. It's a place of blessing and belonging. I mean, sadly, that's not always the case in this world. Home can be tragically broken. But we have a true home with the Lord. As Paul says, that's where we want to be. Verse 6, he says, well, if we're at home in the body, we're, we're away from the Lord. In verse 8, he says, we prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. And so with that looking to our true home, we, we have a confidence, verse 7, to live by faith, not by sight. You live by sight. What do you do? You, you look at the things around you. You focus on the things you can see, the tangible, the, the here and now, the present. But to live by faith is to live trusting God and his promises, to live looking forward to the future, looking to what is unseen. As Paul says back in 4 verse 18, 4 verse 18, he says, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. It's a strange idea there, isn't it, to to fix your eyes on something that is unseen. Uh, I guess it's another way of saying we we focus on, we strive towards, we live for, we're motivated by the the not-yet-seen eternal reality, which if we're doing that, well, that means that we live to please the Lord, 
As verse 9 says, verse 9, so we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Now, maybe as you, as you hear that, as you read that, you, you're a bit disturbed by this. Is this saying that we're, we're going to be judged by our works? I mean, aren't we saved by grace? You might be thinking, are we saved by Jesus and his death and resurrection for us? Yes, we are. We're saved by God's grace to us in Jesus through his death and resurrection for us. And verse 5 has just said that, that God has fashioned us for salvation. He's given us his spirit, guaranteeing what's to come. In verse 6 and verse 8, uh, says, Paul says, we're confident that we're going home to the Lord. So what's this judgment seat of Christ? Well, it's not the, the capital J judgment, if I can put it that way, for salvation. It's talking about our future coming home to the Lord, where we will appear before him, where there'll be some sort of receiving what is due to us for the things done in the body. Perhaps it will be us hearing those precious words. Well done, good and faithful servant. See, if, if that's our true home, if that's where it is with the Lord, then we're, we're looking to him and we're seeking to please him. So to recap, living with an eternal perspective means we see our body as a tent while we wait for our eternal house. It means we, we groan, both burdened and longing. It means we rest secure in God who's fashioned us for life and who's given us his spirit. It means we look to our true home and we seek to please the Lord. And finally, all of this means that, that we don't lose heart, even as we suffer, even as we fall apart. I want to finish with those, those first few verses of our passage, which, which really sum things up in many ways. And if you want a few verses to memorise, here is a great option for, for a couple of verses to memorise. Chapter 4, verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Yes, outwardly, like Paul, we are wasting away. Yes, we, like Paul, are facing troubles. But our wasting away, our troubles... They're, in his words, light and momentary in, in comparison to the eternal weight of glory that awaits us. I think it was John Piper who used an illustration to compare this life to eternity as being like the, the, rip, the size of the ripples on an orange compared to the size of the Rocky Mountains. That's the difference between this life and eternity. Our light and momentary troubles are preparing us for an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So, we do not lose heart. We fix our eyes 
Not on what he's seen, not on trying to live my best life now, not on trying to maximise my own personal happiness, my own fulfilment, my own self-actualization, not on trying to upgrade the tent and install underfloor heating and an ensuite. We fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, on our heavenly home, on our eternal dwelling, on that coming day when we will see our Lord and Saviour face to face. And with our eyes fixed on that future, we live now to please him. We're going to unpack that more next week as we continue into chapter 5 and think through what does it mean to live for him. But let's pray now and ask that God would help us to have that eternal perspective. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we do thank you and praise you for your grace to us in the Lord Jesus. We thank you that you have fashioned us for life, for eternal life, that you have paid the price for our sins, Jesus. And you have given us the gift of eternal life for all who trust in you. That you've given us your spirit as a guarantee of what is to come. Father, we thank you and praise you for that. And we, we ask that you'd help us to live not for this life, but to have that eternal perspective. To see our, our, our body as a tent, a, a temporary st- structure. To groan with both the burden and the longing. To rest secure in you and to look to our true home and live for you now. And we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.